WBEN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It was report day today. Was there any excitement? We'll find out all the details. I know that from a from a grain perspective, as we look at the numbers, we pretty much had some higher numbers except for the nearby soybeans. The wheat had their struggles going on as well, but still some decent positives in both the corn and the beans. We're going to take a look at what happened not only in that report, but some state yield numbers and, and where do we go from here? Lots to look at today as Jeff Peterson joins us. He is with Heartland Farm Partners and... First off, I got to ask you, many folks say that this August WASDE report is kind of a blink report and move on. But it seems like there was a little bit of hype building up in the last oh, 24 hours. Yeah, and, and I always look forward to the actually to the August report because it is, you know, it's a change on how they do the yields. We step away from just the modeling that the WASDE board does and they hand off the baton on the yield to NASP. And uh, they, they've changed their process through the years where, you know, for August, it used to be based on, um, you know, actually getting out boots on the ground in the fields. And now it's a little bit more based on just surveys and, and looking at some satellite data. So, yeah, it, it was important to see those. And we also were encouraged to see some, you know, updates on acres, too, Susan. So let's take a look. What are your thoughts on the crop report for corn and beans? You know, overall, I, I want to just kind of address the market action, and then we'll get into talking about the report. It was an interesting release to look at. You know, initially when we had the report results coming out, we kind of saw corn trading on both sides and traded negative for a while. Meanwhile, you know, beans were down. To give you an idea, the range on November beans today ended up having a high of 1464, had a low of 1415, and that would have happened after the report came out. And, you know, we ended up closing at 14.54. So a wide range there, and we had a, a similar type range um, sitting there on the corn side. Wheat, as you mentioned earlier, did struggle. But let's take a look at the numbers a little bit. Overall, I thought on the big picture, Susan, supportive on corn. And down the road, I think we'll see something supportive on beans. But if you were to look at just the raw numbers, you'd say it's a little bit negative on the bean side. And overall, I'd say the wheat side was was positive. But looking at the ending stock number, so we take that total supply minus that total demand, and we ended up seeing uh, 1.53 billion bushels. That was up 20 million bushels on the 2021 crop for corn. The other thing we saw an increase on was a soybean ending stock number that was up about 10 million bushels to 225 million. But really all the eyes were really kind of focused on what's the U.S. ending stocks doing for that 2022 crop. And, you know, last month on July report, uh, 1.47 billion bushels. Uh, we were 82 million bushels less than that this month, Susan, 1.388. Now we were a little bit higher on the bean side. Last month, 230 million bushels of ending stocks. This month, 245 million bushels. But if we dig in just a little bit deeper and take a look at, you know, what brought about some of these changes, you know, that's where we then have to go ahead and take a look at the yield side and, and surprisingly, on the corn yield, 175.4, that would have been down 1.6 bushels from the July report. And keep in mind, the trend line yield uh, for you know corn for the 2022 crop is at a 181. So, you know, we're pulling that yield back further from where the, uh, the trend line was. Now, on beans, I think they really surprised us and they surprised the industry out there. They ended up coming in at a 51.9 on the yield that was up four tenths of a bushel from the July report and that would also be up four tenths of a bushel from where the trend line yield is, Susan. Well you talked about satellite imaging and all the unique ways that they go about to determine yield numbers nowadays. Uh, how do they 
kind of hone in on what corn and beans are going to be like. Yeah, you know, and, and it's, it is a, an interesting process. And, and so let's just kind of dig into it. There's really two sides to it. And this is just focusing on, on corn and beans. Um, so they, first of all, they go out and they, they sample. And so their sample size uh, was 15,350 farmers for this report. And they, so, and what that means is they would send that many surveys out to farmers asking them what they thought their um, yields were going to be. Then they bring that information together at the state level. They also bring it through at the national level. Now, keep in mind, these surveys went out from July 30th through August 8th, and they would be asking that farmer to respond, how did that yield look as of August 1st? Um, but keep in mind also the other part that we had with this, we did have to resurvey some acres. And that resurvey in acres came about because of those late planting conditions that we had up in the northern plains or up in North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. So there was a resurvey in of acres done there. They would have resurveyed 762 farmers and they would have done that from July 11th through July 18th. And, and what that did is that came in and, and gave us some adjustments on the acre side. Um, just while we're talking about that, just to give you a little bit of a, a look at what adjustments that was, that would have meant that they lowered the area planted on corn, about 100,000 acres. And I'm rounding that off just a little bit. The area harvested would have also been lowered about 100,000 acres. And then over on the soybean side, based off that resurvey, they would have reduced the area planted on soybeans, 300,000 acres, and the area harvested on soybeans also 300,000 acres. Now, in addition to those surveys, Susan, the, the remote data, so they're going to use satellite data, and they would have physically focused on the corn side across the 10 major grain-producing states. So, so what they would have done there is they would have looked at South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Iowa, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. And then based on that satellite data, they would have physically developed their yield model. And, and they'd used a combination of those surveys from the farmers and also from that satellite data. They'd have brought those two together to physically give us that yield. NAS would have then passed that yield information on to WASD, and that got incorporated into this monthly supply and demand report. Lots of interesting things. When we come back, folks, we're going to continue to take a look at this WASDE report. In particular, any states that might have had a surprise for Jeff? We know that some areas received some decent rain. Some of it obviously had the big struggles that continue. And we will take a look at those yields going forward. And, of course, what about the world numbers? We'll take a look at all of that as we continue. It's the Friday edition of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing, all other stewardship practices, and pesticide label director VM. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Jeff Peterson. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners, and we're talking about this WASDE report that was released at 11 o'clock this morning. So looking at all the numbers, anything, any state kind of jump out to you? Yeah, they do. And so as we dig into the numbers, and I think it's best just to probably talk about corn, 
means, you know what, down the road, once I get a chance to do the survey, and I think we'll see some adjustments made there. But the first one stands out to us is Iowa, and, and they've actually got Iowa at 205 bushels the acre. And the interesting thing about that one, Susan, is that that is the same as what the yield would have been last year, and that would tie a record for the state. And we actually think, uh, we know there's some very good conditions in northeast Iowa, but overall we do think that the yield is going to come down in future reports as they get out there in the field. How much could it come down? We think there's a chance they could be three to five percent below their trend line yield. So, you know, we may need to bring that bush that yield down, you know, five to seven bushels yet. Um, take a look at Nebraska just to give you an idea. 181 is the yield they have for Nebraska. That compares to 194 last year. That'd be down about 6.7%. We think overall as we go out there and just the amount of heat and the dryness we've had, we think that uh, Nebraska yield does need to come down some more. Maybe it needs to come down five or six bushels yet from there. Uh, the other one we think that needs some adjustments out there would be Indiana. Indiana came in at a 189 compared to a 195 last year. And when we look at what the trend line yield is for them and what they've had for weather conditions, we think there does need to be a few bushel reduction yet on the Indiana yield. So that's a few of the adjustments that we kind of see so far, Susan. So you look at these numbers and the adjustments you're talking about. At some point, do we see if we get some decent rains or some cooler temps in some areas, we might see a bit of a change up, especially from a soybean side? Well, on the soybean side, most definitely. I mean, soybeans are kind of holding on, holding on, holding on, and soybeans can improve and have a pretty good yield yet, or it could be a real disaster yet. And I think the jury's still out going forward. Now, it looks like we are going to have, once we get through our heat, we're going to have some cooler conditions out there. But uh, time will tell whether or not we get the moisture that we need yet. So we, we think that on the bean side. On the corn side, a couple things that we think is that as we get out in those fields, a few things we're hearing for our customers, even in Nebraska, is that on the irrigated side, we just don't think that irrigated yield, even though they've been pumping the water to it hard, doing a great job on that, we think the, some of the irrigated yields are going to need to come down or be adjusted down lower. And we know that a lot of the dry land fields, they'll be areas within Nebraska that the dryland yields will be worse than 2012 and will actually probably be zeroed out as you move further west. So we'll see. I think overall going forward, once we get people out in the fields and you hear more of those uh, surveys coming from the field and those farm tours and, you know, whether it be pro farm or others doing their tours, I think we'll see the corn yield come down more. Um, how much? I mean, could we see it come down? down another bushel, bushel and a half yet. I, I think that's possible, Susan. So from a world perspective, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, for the world perspective, as we dig in a few things, starting first on corn, um, interesting with Ukraine. We've been watching that Ukraine yield and Ukraine exports. They did re raise the Ukraine yield uh, production about 5 million metric tons on this 2022 crop. They also did raise their exports about 3.5 million metric tons. The other adjustment that we are hoping to see something made on was on that European Union. Um, you know, Europe, they're in the midst of a 100-year drought. Uh, USDA did adjust their yield down 8 million metric tons. That'd be about 320 million bushels. Now, as a result of that, they did also increase their imports about 3 million metric tons, which would be about 120 million bushels. So we can kind of see that maybe that increase coming out of Ukraine on the export side could come back to offset some of that increase in imports on the on Europe side. But time will tell yet on how that works out. Uh, the other thing that we are looking for on as we moved over on the soybean side, one thing that kind of stood out to us, as we took a look at China, it, it was interesting to see 
they did actually raise their production number just slightly, um, just about 36 million bushels. And then uh, on Brazil's side, they did raise ever so slightly their domestic crush within their country. So that's, that's a few things that we noticed on the world side, Susan. Do we see any big adjustments that could happen, though, from a world perspective? Uh, going forward down the road, I think we can see Europe come down a little more. Um, time, time will tell whether or not we can adjust that European either export number on the wheat side or on the corn side any higher. But that's a few of the adjustments I think we can see going forward, Susan. All right. So what do we focus on now? Yeah, the whole focus right now, and, and really once we got past this report, uh, everybody's going to be watching what are some of the different field uh, tours and, and what those yield results are coming in. All eyes are also back on this weather, watching that 6 to 10 day forecast, that 8 to 10 or 8 to 14 day forecast to see how the moisture and what kind of finish we're going to physically get for this crop. You know, it's, we're at that critical time, finish out those ears well on the corn and get those pods filled on the bean, Susan. All right. Sounds great. Jeff, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Yeah, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As always, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the rural